Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Hi guys, welcome back to another Mindset Monday episode of the Beyond Fit podcast. The show today is another book review podcast and specifically it's about the four-hour work week by one of my favorite people, Tim Ferriss, and it is my top five takeaways from the four-hour work week. So if you've never heard me talk about Tim Ferriss before, he is a lot of things. He's an author, He's a podcaster, host of the Tim Ferriss Show, and he's really just a polymath in the sense that he's done and excelled at a lot of different things in the realm of entrepreneurship, health, productivity, um, just, uh, I guess, acceptance of anxiety and things of that nature. So he really strikes a chord with a lot of the things that I'm interested in, and he is just one of my favorite thinkers and, I guess, just philosophers and and role models. He's someone that really inspires me and drives me. And like I said, so many of the things he just resonates with um, as far as what I'm trying to do with my life and what I focus on on a day-to-day basis, which I think you'll see through this book review. So The 4-Hour Workweek was, I think, the first book that Tim wrote, at least that went big. And it had a lot to do with making him very successful. Um, This book initially came out about 10 years ago and maybe a little bit more than that, I guess. But basically, it's all about how to work smart and not hard, if I had to put it simply. And that's going to be my first takeaway. But I also just wanted to mention that I'm not going to talk about some of the more fringe things that Tim talks about, as far as specifically how to outsource a business, work with a virtual assistant, um, spend and make money, in other countries. Well, a lot of this stuff is valuable. I just kind of want to focus on the top takeaways for myself and for the average person out there that would be listening to this podcast. So like I said, first takeaway is to work smart and not hard. And this is something that I always talk about because it's always crazy to me how in our culture, in America specifically, we have people that pride themselves on how hard they work and how many hours they work. But Tim really tries to hammer on the fact that it's, it's not that it's, it's how you get your work done and how you become productive and how you really just add value to your environment. And he calls it life design, how you design your life in the way that you want it to be. Tim talks a lot about the new rich, which are these group of people that have not only freedom monetarily and with their money and income, but they also have freedom with their time and aren't tied down to location or a specific job, being at a place, doing a certain thing that they don't want to do. The new rich are people that live the way they want to live and spend their time productively. That's very important to note just because he calls it the four hour work week. um, It's not that he's just sitting around the rest of the week and just doing whatever, watching TV, being passive. He's being active about going after the things he wants to do in life and wants to accomplish and wants to experience. Um, But it's, it's not, it's about how not to just have to work hard and just grind as they say throughout your whole life. So he says that the new rich 
abandon the deferred life plan, which I'll talk a little bit about, and create luxury lifestyles in the present using the currency of the new rich, which is time and mobility. He says the art and science will be referred to as lifestyle design. So lifestyle design is at the crux of what Tim talks about in this book. Um, he says that more time equals more self-worth and more reinforcement from those around them. Talking about, again, these new rich people. So when I think of working smart and not hard, um, I think of the 80-20 principle, which Tim talks a lot about in the book. You've probably heard me talk about this in the context of your health and fitness. If you can get the right thing done, the right thing eaten, the right workout done 80% of the time, and you just totally fail and fall off the other 20% of the time, you're going to be in the 99th percentile of healthy people in the world. And Tim makes the point that it's the same with, with everything. He, he says, what is the 20% that you're doing that's getting 80% of the results as far as income, as far as optimizing your relationships, your health, anything that you care about. And the point of optimization and lifestyle design is to try to get rid of that other 80% that you're working really hard at, but isn't producing value in your life. So kind of doing an audit of your life and how you spend your time. And this goes down to everything from, of course, work, but then other activities that you take place in, friends and people you hang out with, um, the, the material things that you have, whether it be clothes or different items in your household, this often creates clutter in your mind. People find when they get rid of more things and adopt kind of like a minimalist way of being, it really can clear up your mind. And I think that it all ties together in, in this way. So think about in your life, what gives you joy and what gives utility and really just get rid of the rest. I think, again, hard work is so overrated because yes, if you can dial in on what exactly it is you're trying to do, uh, and work hard, that that can be very powerful. But if you're just working hard, again, I'll use the gym analogy of like, or if you're just working hard and lifting a lot of weights, and you don't really know how much you're lifting, but it feels really hard, and you're sweating, and you're sore, that's not going to make you grow muscle and change and shape your body. What's going to change and shape your body is going about it in a deliberate way, knowing that you're getting stronger, knowing that you're doing certain specific things um, that your yourself um, came upon through research and evidence-based practice or a coach has helped you out with and doing those things because you know that they're going to get you results. And it's not just subjectively working hard and feeling like you're doing a lot. You know, I'll say like a lot in quotations. Um, another thing that Tim says as far as the 80-20 principle and working smart but not hard is doing something unimportant well does not make it important. And I think that's very important to note because so many times we find ourselves caught up in the minutia, whether it be as far as our personal productivity or our productivity at work. And you have to realize that another one of the things Tim will say in the book is you have to let small bad things happen to let big good things happen. So focusing on the most important is if, if, the, if it's the only lesson you take away from this book, it'll, it'll make you more successful and it'll make you happier. The second takeaway for me from this book was ditch the deferred life plan. And I talked a little bit about, I guess maybe just mentioned the deferred life plan in the last point, but basically that is this lifestyle where you go and you, you go to college and you go and get this job afterwards and you're not really sure you like it, but you're going down this, you know, this rabbit hole of career and you start to hang out with a group of people that you kind of come across passively because it's work and it's, and it's other things. And basically just, I think it can be boiled down to not having intention about how you're spending your time, what kind of work you're working on, what kind of people you're, you're hanging around. And 
it's, it's very important because like I've, like I've said already, and like I, I say so often on this podcast, all of the parts of your life really work in tandem. And that's why I love helping people change their physical health because it helps them manifest positive change in every area of their life. You can't do everything. You have to be focused, but you can do anything that you set your mind to. And if you want to get into a new career or um, start a new relationship or a new friend group, it's always possible. It just takes intention and it takes focus. And another one of the things that Tim talks about is don't dwell on a mistake and continue to live out the consequences of a mistake because you took a long time making it. I know that this is something I fought when, you know, graduating from business school, I figured out how badly I desired to be in the health and fitness industry. And it was like, how the hell do I, how the hell do I start? How do I get into that? Do I just need to work in business for a little while? you know, do I, should I feel bad that my parents helped put me through college and I'm not going to use this business degree in the, in the, in the stereotypical way, but what you should always focus on. And another one of the key lessons of this book is just do what makes you happy, do what makes you fulfilled and, and passionate and passion. I know is another one of those kind of trigger words, because I think that it, it might say to someone, Oh, you know, you should be happy all the time and you should always feel good. And that's not true either, because a lot of the empowerment and fulfillment in life comes from doing hard things. But if you're focused and have intention on where you're going, it makes doing hard things easier. And Tim says, life punishes the vague wish and rewards the specific ask. So again, getting very crystal clear on what it is you want and how you can accomplish that and not just working hard and getting improvement in a job that you really don't care about or a company that you don't really care about and not just passively accepting whatever life brings you and feeling like you have to get a house and do this and that and get a wife and get yada, 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 because you're checking boxes that society wants you to uh, check. That's to me what the deferred life plan is. And the biggest example of this is Tim talks about mini retirements as opposed to retirements. So if you really love what you're doing, like I do, I, I really don't see, you know, oh, eventually I'm going to be X years old, I'm going to be 60 years old, and I'm going to retire. I think that I'm going to continue to work on making people happier and healthier my whole life. And that could change a lot of um, different ways. Right now, it's as a health and fitness coach. But I, I, I love what I do. And I love working with other people and making content. And I think that Tim's point in these mini retirements is that go and see what it's like to, you know, experience this, this lack of having to work and free time because it's often not what people think. And part of the deferred life plan is you work really hard your whole life to have this 20, 30 years before you die to have retirement. And I don't think that's necessarily all it's cracked up to be, but these mini retirements as Tim talking about going on a trip for a period of months or maybe a year where you go and see things you want to see and do things you want to do. And the important thing is you, you still have your health and you still have your youth and can get more utility out of it. So I think just it all accumulates and just don't do what society force feeds you and tells you is the right thing to do. Do what you really feel, you know, really think about who am I and what is my intention in this life. The third takeaway is that busyness equals laziness. Tim says, being busy is a form of laziness, lazy thinking and indiscriminate action. Being busy is most often used as a guise for avoiding the few critically important but uncomfortable actions. So again, this kind of ties back into the doing the unimportant well does not make it important and really just feeling like you're working hard, you know, oh, I'm so busy, I must be successful or, or I must be doing the right thing. But no, we have to be busy with the right things. And again, that goes back to that intention. The fourth takeaway here is be bold. 
So Tim says, 99% of people believe they can't do great things, so they aim for mediocrity. Um, he also writes, a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. So be bold. And again, when you really get focused about what you want and think about how to manifest it, even though it's going to take a course of, you know, maybe a few years or more or less, you can get what you want in life and you can be fulfilled and work on your passion. And just you, you, you have to act boldly and think I, I can be this person. You know, someone has to be the person that's the entrepreneur that lives the ideal life or the person that has the ideal body that is, is in the gym, you know, every other day working hard and carving their body and eating the right things to, to bring it back to the health and fitness focus. But you have to believe and want more for yourself and act boldly. One of the things he says is that you should not ask permission first, but rather ask for forgiveness after when wanting to make a decision that could rock the boat, so to speak, with someone else or with a company or something. Other um, expressions he uses in the book to act boldly is ask someone when you're trying to convince them of something, have you ever made an exception? Because everyone's made an exception. It's going to make them think of, okay, how can I make this work with you? Um, he talks about saying, is that unreasonable? When you finish a request that might be a difficult request with a boss or with a you know, spouse or friend or whatever, because it forces someone to go, well, I'm not going to say that's unreasonable because I don't think that. And it really focuses them to sort of ground the idea in reality and think of, okay, how, how can this really look? Say if you were to negotiate like a remote working agreement, like Tim talks about so much in, in the book, because again, the book is not just for entrepreneurs. It's for anyone who wants to live a more productive life. And even if your intention is to work hard, or I guess I kind of trip myself up there because I just use the word work hard, but um, to move up in a company and be a vital force in a company that you enjoy, you can still figure out how to be more productive and spend less time while adding more value. And that's, that's the crux of what this book is, is about as well. It's, it's certainly not just for the entrepreneurial person or the entrepreneurial minded person. Um, the last takeaway here is to value attention over time. So I've kind of already spoken on this, but some of the specifics is Tom Tom. Tom, excuse me, Tim talks about the low information diet, which is just something I talk a lot about, not engaging in tons of news and social media feeds and all kinds of stuff. I think it's very worthy to read good books that interest you. And I think Tim would agree, but don't just succumb to any old information that's going to fill your head with negativity and other nonsense. Um, I mentioned small bad things for big good things. And then the last thing that Tim talks about as far as how to value attention over time is interrupting interruption. So if someone interrupts you and goes, hey, can I ask you about this? Being direct and saying, yes, how can I help you? Or saying, you know, I have to be somewhere or be on a call or do this thing in two, three, four, five minutes. So helping someone to get to the point because so often we, we just small talk and bullshit. And a lot of this book is getting past that. And Tim talks about specific prompts as far as calls and emails and meetings and how to get rid of some of that stuff and get more to direct conversation in the course of your things you want to be productive with and work. Of course, that takes on a different meaning when it's conversation for pleasure or conversation with someone that's important in your life in an emotional way. But again, this, this book can teach you tons about your personal productivity and how to manifest the life that you want. So I'd, I'd highly recommend it to anyone who is more interested in that. And I'd love if you reached out to me with any additional questions about the book or any book that I've mentioned or that you're curious about. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. 
If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it. And thank you personally on there.